0: Hello, again. This is another episode of the Banter Book Club. I'm Taylor.
1: I am John. Welcome, welcome.
0: We're, uh, we finally, we made it! We're here!
1: Yeah, we're at the university. I think this is my wife's favorite part. She likes the whole magical school aspect. You know, it's one of those things, you know, when I said in the session, the session zero, quote unquote, that, you know, there's similarities to Harry Potter. It's because of... This, uh, this setting. Yeah,
0: you beat me to it. I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, come up with some fictitious introduction where Quoth meets Dumbledore.
1: Uh, well, I mean, Quoth kills. Dumbledore. 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 He kills Dumbledore. So.
0: Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't happen until book two.
1: Oh, sorry, spoilers. Spoilers. The... Yeah, spoilers for my fanfic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but we finally made... Yeah, this is a lot of people's favorite part, including me. Yeah, he's finally at the place where people know things, where he can actually learn a lot. He has always been the smartest person, but he's finally made it to a place where there are people that are legit smarter than him. Specifically in their fields, especially.
1: Yes, people he can learn from and uh, absorb their knowledge like a sponge, as he tends to do.
0: Do Do you have a favorite teacher or professor...
1: Oh, I mean, I gotta say that Elodin is easily, yeah. easily the most interesting uh, and and awesome professor. Despite the fact that he is a bit of a, uh, definitely a bit of a, takes, a jerk at first.
0: He definitely takes a backseat in book one, though. Like, you don't, yeah, until you the don't very see end. a lot of his coolness until the world is fleshed out a lot more.
1: Yes, that is that is all true, and he especially a, since at first he's coming off as like a, a like leave me alone type of like I I have no time for you. Type which he's exactly right. Oh yeah, he is.
0: I get. I mean, we might as well since we're going to talk about the professors. We matter about. We might as well start with alodin
1: At first, he's sort of just the 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 class clown, more or less. Yeah,
0: the, the local quack, sort yeah. of. Like, even during the uh, admissions process, we didn't talk about it much, but he's doing really goofy things. Like, he's just... Yeah, he's clearly not taking him. it seriously. He's smiling in really weird places. Yes, he sees yeah. the
1: world very differently from pretty much everyone else.
0: Do you want to go in uh, chronological order? Well, do the, you want to do
1: the, a broad spectrum of the university first? Because that's sort of the, set of sure. the backdrop, as it were.
0: Oh, yes, let's introduce uh, one of the main characters of... Uh, the name of the wind, which is the university, the Arcanum itself.
1: Yeah, it's a huge building block in, in the world building, as it were.
0: We actually talked about it last episode very deeply about it being Bellany Barren. Yes. So Bellany Barren is, we think, uh, one of the old cities from the creation war, and now the Arcanum is built on top of it.
1: Yeah. And so we'll we'll
0: learn more about the what's underneath later, but yeah. uh, right now the current in current world there's a giant university on top and it's run by well I don't even know uh, who like the leader is I forget his name.
1: Oh, uh, Mast- the linguist. Yeah, uh, I know his first name is Herma because Hem calls him that. Uh, Worm
0: tongue is coming to mind, but obviously that's, that's not it.
1: Yeah, that's Grima. Um, chancellor Palpatine. He's definitely Chancellor oh. Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ar- Arthur Herma is master linguist and chancellor.
0: So, I guess all of the masters are led by, at least in some capacity, by uh, Arthur Herma, or just more commonly known as the Chancellor. Yeah, it doesn't, he doesn't. doesn't play too much of a role in the first book. And pretty yeah, minimal in the second in the second book, but he's definitely a smart guy. He's a linguist. He seems to be able to.
1: He ain't no slouch.
0: He seems not maybe not handle, but navigate all of the extravagancies of the masters. Like everybody, they're all.
1: Yeah, he's definitely doing a, uh, or seems to be doing a pretty good job as far as administration and, and heading this this team of of masters goes. They all seem to respect him.
0: He's got a handle on him uh, yeah. in a way that I've that no other characters do, which yep. seems to be a, tif- a difficult thing in general.
1: Absolutely, no one, uh, you know, aside from Brander, who just sort of sucks up to him. The rest of them don't seem to like him very much. But he is just sort of allowed to do whatever he wants. he's sort of the the quote unquote villain teacher, if you will. He's the he's the, the naughty professor. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, but not, he's not the naughty professor. He's the, uh, you know, he's like the Snape, if you will. He's the hes the the teacher. Oh, man, I don't want to like... do a disservice to
0: Snape and... by, call, by comparing him to Snape.
1: Well, okay, like early Snape, right? Like when it was just, you know, Snape was always assumed the bad guy. Snape was, you know, kind of a, a dick yeah. to Harry. But so, let's just be real. He was a dick to Harry for basically... Oh, no reason he was he was visiting the sins of the father upon. Yeah, the that son. would be pretty
0: crazy if we found out that Hem was actually like a pretty like any anything close to Snape. Like if it turns out that Hem yeah. is very useful if, in if, some if, way against the chance. If Hem
1: gets a, a redemption of some type, that would be that would be that incredible. W-
0: wouldn't but. be the worst thing in the world, but right now he's he's very much disliked by almost everyone. Yeah. But before we leave the, the Chancellor since there's not too much of it, he, uh, he's a linguist. In book two, Quoth goes to him to learn Yilish. Learn Yilish. One of the, the lackless box, Quoth uh, feels some sort of raised, like the wood ar- around the box is raised in some way, and he, his first instinct is that it might be a, a Yilish story knot, which somehow yep. in this language, I guess there are seafaring people, and they're very close to knots, or they can they can actually speak with knots, yeah. And uh, so qu- after finding the chest, uh, he starts to learn Yiddish from the chancellor. No, I guess not a lot of people in today's world can read knots at all. I think wh- who wh- yeah. was it Simmons <laughs> or not Simmons? You talking about Will? Maybe Willem. Like his grandma could you could read knots, but she was the last person that he knew that could actually read knots.
1: Wasn't, uh, one of the the girls learning Yelish?
0: I know Denna knows oh, some yeah, sort Denna, of Yiddish. Oh,
1: yeah, Denna, okay. It was Denna that,
0: she... that knew it.
1: I was I thought one of the girls at the school did, what, fella or Mola or something. But I can't, I that could be misremembering.
0: That's not ringing a bell, but I do it's, know it's that book book Denna... stuff,
1: it doesn't matter at this point anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, Kvothe actually reads one of the braids that Denna put in her hair yeah. that said... It's either beautiful or lovely or something like that. Yep. And then Denna embarrassingly... Anyways, doesn't matter. That's, yeah, she that's took
1: because uh, she was embarrassed that someone knew what it meant.
0: But yeah, after the Chancellor... I guess his first run-in is with him, obviously.
1: Yeah, in like a class.
0: He is the Master Sympathist, and Quoth loves sympathy. And uh, he gets put into... What did you call it earlier?
1: <laughs> like remedial it's basically intro like the very very basics of sympathy
0: yeah it always did make me laugh for uh, people it's who a, basically
1: for people who've never done sympathy before more or less
0: yeah it uh, it's a, a thing in the real world too but it makes me laugh like you're you're not allowed to come to the university unless you've already had a reasonable amount of education like they say in the in the, in the beginning it's not it's not where you begin your yeah. Study. It's where, where you continue. continue it. Yeah. But as soon as you get in, they force you to do the very beginning. Like, okay, we got to start all over. Well, I, <laughs> I,
1: I imagine that you. It's a continuing education because you're at least versed in, uh, you know, something. I, I doubt I doubt most of them are versed in sympathy. Right. My guess is most of them are versed in chemistry or uh, mathematics or something like that. Right. Right. And then they. And so sympathy uh, is one of the classes that everyone sympathy, has to take. Yeah, and it's that's my guess. It could be a very wrong guess, but that's the feeling that I got. That's um, very fair. And so when he demonstrates a uh, an actual knowledge of sympathy, that's where Hem gets uh, a little butthurt about it.
0: Yeah, Hem didn't like both. From the get go, even and, in the questions. And, yeah, they, had a, even, they were butting heads.
1: Hem even is is shown to be you know uh, definitely shows his favoritism towards certain students, and he's.
0: Do we know anyone that he likes though, or have have we seen a character that he actually gets I along with? Wanna
1: s- I want to. I want to. Wasn't wasn't aren't him and Ambrose like I uh, I can't think buddy?
0: of a direct a, a direct, direct time link that between there was. the two. Yeah.
1: I all right. I could be wrong. Maybe I just assumed that. I think they're just both dickheads, so you thought that they they were friends. I mean, makes sense, right? Um, (laughs) But from what I'm I'm getting at, like, at that first class when, you know, the first kid walks in late and he assigns him... uh, uh, Yeah, it
0: was the effect of uh, something on a sympathy clock.
1: Yeah, so he assigns him work to do... uh, because he's a little bit late to the first class, right? Mm-hmm. And then another kid comes in, and he's sarcastic to them. Embarrasses to him too. Yeah. Embarrasses him too. And then, uh, like a girl comes in, Fella. And, was it Fella? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Fella, one of, who ends up being a more uh, one of quote major character, friends. one of quote friends, um, comes in, and he doesn't give her any extra work he's very uh very uh genial to her because apparently well
0: that one know. was there was a, a there was a delay on that one there, it wasn't immediate she uh, then yeah. or he then uh so she sits down and then he uh, i'm sorry miss what was your name fella Fella, would you cross your legs, please?
1: Oh yeah. And she yeah. does.
0: And it's like, well, now that the gates of hell are closed, we can continue with class.
1: Right. She doesn't get any extra work. He instead embarrasses her for her gender, more or less. Which I think they say that females are very uh, few and far between at the university. It's like, yeah, it's
0: yeah, like one in a hundred so. or something. So they have their first class, and it's really boring for Quoth. He knows all of that stuff. It's and, too and won't slow. Any, he won't take any
1: questions or or anything like that. <laughs>
0: Yep, Quoth tries to talk to him after. He's not having any of it. I'll talk to you before class next... Tomorrow. Or was it tomorrow or next week? I don't know.
1: I think it was the next day, though.
0: Cut to next class. Quoth tries to... He shows up early. He tries to catch Hem before the class starts to try and convince him that he knows far beyond this point.
1: He he, he doesn't need it.
0: Did you get the sense that this was like a trap that Hem set? Oh, of
1: course. It absolutely was a, a trap. Him.
0: So I'm asking, do you think he thought about this like well before and had this whole thing planned out, or did he oh. forget about it until the very moment and then I see. was like, all right, let me just embarrass him really I quick think, and then I'll get back to? St-
1: yeah, I I don't know. I'm not sure. Which he definitely meant it to be a trap in the in the sense that okay, um, this dude's just going to be embarrassed. He doesn't know half of what he thinks he knows. Right. <laughs> and th- that's. You know this. This will be plenty to put him in his place. Um, Which,
0: in reality, was probably a pretty fair assumption to make. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: But we're talking about Quoth, the main character of the series. Yeah. Uh, so he
1: he he knows a lot more. He he knew or anyway. He K- Hem sets him up to uh, lecture that day. He says, "Oh yeah, you're going to get the lecture today."
0: Well, he yeah, he just stands up in front of the class and says, "Quoth has volunteered to give today's lecture." and then doesn't say anything he just invites Cloth up and was probably expecting Cloth to just crash crumble under the pressure right yeah. there and not really say anything.
1: Absolutely. He expected crash and burn.
0: Yeah, but then Cloth steps up and gives a pretty baller lesson about sympathy, yeah. an introduction to sympathy.
1: Basically he gives yeah, he well he gives a uh, lecture with the point to demonstrate that he knows all the Basics of Sympathy, which I think is actually the name of the class, right? So, Mm -hmm. he is uh, determined to show that he does not need a class entitled Basics of Sympathy because he knows the Basics of Sympathy. And he proves handily that he knows the Basics and a little bit more of Sympathy.
0: Yeah, he does, he uses what's around him, which is pretty minimal, but one of them was a Brazier, which is a giant fire, in case you didn't know. There was a candle. Uh, there was wax. He made he made a wax mummy, and then he got some hair off of Hem, and I think that's it.
1: Well, yeah, Hem Hem gave him his hair. That's an important little little detail for what yeah. the the fallout of this is. He provides him with his hair for some reason, probably because he thought that nothing was going to happen.
0: It seemed like to me. It seemed like he was. I mean, it was too late he's he, he was
1: oh that yeah that is true he was committed right he couldn't uh yeah he couldn't back down at that point that is also a uh a very good point
0: Quoth well, successfully burns his leg kind of significantly <laughs> yes, yeah. i guess we don't actually know either he's being oh yeah kind I, of is he
1: exaggerating that that he blistered his leg up to the up to the knee or is he uh is that actually true right
0: yeah, we don't actually see the leg. We just go off of what he Wait, says. Wait, didn't because he say, didn't in he the like, trot-
1: didn't he sort of, uh, he was walking with a limp, but then afterwards he was walking mostly fine, right? Uh, or yeah, I don't that, remember that. That's... That was, that was also, Ambrose did the same thing when both called the name of the wind on him, so I can't, i, I Oh, yeah, be... I
0: think Ambrose definitely was playing it up.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if Hem was playing it up or if he.
0: I don't remember that moment about Hem playing it up, but okay. regardless. Yeah. We're not actually sure, but he gets his point across. Hem gets his foot burnt. Yeah, and I guess you know.
1: But what this sets Folt up... both has
0: a great moment in where he. This is probably his first time back, quote unquote, on stage in a long time. He really enjoyed that moment. That was a fun. That was a fun one. That yeah. that also seemed like a really good uh, Hogwarts moment. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it 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 also you know it sets up this. Uh you know hem and and Quoth don't like each other they have a little bad blood now uh because of this confrontation and Quoth gets called to go on the horns which is what they call on the it, horns when, yeah uh, everyone should know what that is yeah they, that's yeah the disciplinary committee basically and uh <laughs> so it sets up Quoth getting what is it six lashes he gets some amount. Oh man,
0: did. they th- they throw out so many numbers. So he yeah. actually he gets a certain amount of lashes, which was a lot. It might have been twelve or something. Yeah. But then the information comes out that like he both goes into the heart of stone and actually defends himself. There was a really cool flashback to um, uh note in his book that said "defend yourself well." And yeah. then the chancellor during the trial actually used the same words that Abanthe used. And that triggered Quoth to go into the heart of stone, and he he defends himself well. It's like, well, I did have permission. This wasn't, you know, yeah. he, unsupervised.
1: He, he uses heart of stone to stop the the panic and the like, the typical Quoth impulse Emotions. to act rashly. Right, so he does that uh, uh-huh. very well.
0: He he wanted to just get it over with. I think he was about yeah. to like just take his lashes and go, but yeah, and yeah the heart of stone saved him there. So, yeah, he... The information comes out that it was... That he was
1: given permission. It was yeah.
0: permitted, and they... Hem gets embarrassed by the Masters, and but he yeah. still gets punished. Like, you're still... It was still cheeky. You need to get some lashes. You're not supposed to... You're not supposed to do what you did. And you should know that. Oh, okay. So he gets three lashes.
1: His first name, Quote the Bloodless, is where this spawns out of, because he uses uh, Nullroot to to one dull the pain and to uh make it so mm-hmm. the, the one of the effects of null Root is that it constricts the the blood vessels i think so you don't actually like bleed too much so yeah that sounds he, right he wants to put on a good showing you know at this university he doesn't want to, uh, to get a a reputation as a as someone who like passes out from whipping he wants to stand strong against this punishment and uh, it succeeds really well it's the first uh the first of many rumors uh, and names and and myths about him at the university.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a good moment later. I think it's Master Arwell who is the yep. master of the physiker yeah. physica, like the the medic. He's the the master medic, and he eventually explains like I took this. I took the null route because you know I'm I'm already facing criticism, there are people who are antagonizing me and living on the streets in Tarbien, I know yeah. that I have to show that they can't hurt me. Yep. Or it will only get worse. So yeah, he goes through the the risky... Uh, he, he takes a chance on the null route. Um, he pays a price later, but yeah, it's better to, to have that moment go in a way that would prevent someone from trying to mess with him anymore. Uh, but another another part of, especially the beginning, the first few weeks, uh, is really important because yeah. he's also making do friends to, during uh, all of this, and he.
1: Do you want to just real quick touch on what the other effect of the null root was while we're while we're on it? Okay. So he takes the null root. It does what it needs to for the for the whipping, but he tries to go to the uh, the archive again. So he had gone in and, and gotten into tomes, tomes, but he doesn't. There's not enough uh, information for him there. Like he's trying to find stuff on, so on with the Chandrian. The... He's trying to find uh, stuff that he, you know, information that he wants. But he, it's not, it's not enough. It, it's not what he was expecting.
0: So he um, gets punished for giving him the hemp, the hot foot. Uh, but that is also that also ends up being proof that he has mastered the basic concepts of sympathy, which was the the bar that everyone has to pass before they can actually enter the ranks of the Arcanum. So he becomes an air. that's the lowest rank once so he gets punished for it, but then that is proof. So it's kind of like a uh, a victory for him. actually, it's a giant victory for him. So he gets whipped. He uh, gets stitches, and then his first, the first thing place that he really wants to go is to the library, so we can look at the the part that was restricted to him previously. Um, but yeah, the the null root has yeah. a side effect. While it's less than some other drugs that he could have taken, it is still significant enough where his his mind is really clouded, and he has that. Uh, yeah. The first awful, like the the beginning of the pissing contest that would be Quoth v.
1: Ambrose. Ambrose. Yeah.
0: Ambrose.
1: Ambrose. So it does bear uh, mention at this point that when he had initially gone into Tomes, he was asking for information on the Chandrian because that's obviously what he's trying to do, and he was taken aside by Master Lauren. When you know he was shown the the request log, basically that Quoth is looking yeah the for, scriv yeah that Quoth is looking for for information on on these things that some people would see as you know fairy tales and and not a worthwhile pursuit. Um, so yeah, Master Lauren basically politely tells him, "Don't waste your time on this." Now yeah, you've been
0: googling you've been googling some weird stuff, and I don't want you to <laughs> look. Uh, I've been looking at your search history. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you log out after you're done Yeah. Uh, or everybody's going to know what your business is all about. Yeah. And he crosses his name off of the ledger and asking about the Chandrian and the Aemir. And uh, it, But he does have, it, it is a, a nice moment. You start out thinking that he's like, um, don't chase childhood stories, but he actually clarifies himself. as like, I'm not saying don't look for these things. I'm saying don't appear to be looking for these things. Yeah. Because that's the actual important
1: part. Look, you can look at all the porn you want. Just just don't be caught doing it, right? Yes. <laughs> don't start
0: any search with feet, because that'll give it right away.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, feet, they might be awesome, but you, you don't want people to know that you're into that. <laughs> but anyway, so that kind of also ties in, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, to this idea... The theory that Master Lauren is actually a member of the Emir.
0: Yeah, because he he crosses it out right in front of the main character. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's looking for something about the Emir and the Chandrian, and we see Arwell cross it off. All right.
1: Yeah, Lauren.
0: Uh, but Lauren.
1: Yeah, so especially um, since the. So the archive is like the biggest repository of knowledge, in the whole world. I want to say, there you know there might be some stuff locked locked away in like the personal libraries of some nobles and stuff, but for the most part, there are. This is the biggest collection of knowledge. If you're looking
0: for something, that's probably where it is.
1: Exactly, and so part of what we think the Chandrian are trying to do is to eliminate certain pieces of knowledge that I mean my personal thought is that it's like their true names or or something like that. But not they there's always this reference to Kaluptena. And ever since the burn like we lost so much knowledge at the burning of Kaluptena, blah blah blah. So if you were the Order Amir, wouldn't you want someone in control of all the knowledge that you're trying to preserve?
0: Yeah, that would be I mean, especially if you can find your way into becoming the master of that place and have exactly. control of how that information is being stored or and protected or retrieved.
1: Would go back yeah. to uh, to your Chandrian alert systems, your CASs, right? Uh, puppet and with, the, <laughs> with the candles in in the room below the four plate door.
0: Yeah, I mean, is it important that the four plate door is in there?
1: Uh, I mean, probably. I mean, imagine what could maybe behind the four plate door is the is the knowledge on how to you know where Haliax got his power type of deal. Like,
0: man, i've I've read, I've read slash listened to the first book like three times in the last few weeks since we started this. Yeah, and the second book a couple more times, and I still am not exactly sure what is behind these certain things like what's in the lacklist box what's what's behind the four plate door yeah i think like, it's all theory at this I,
1: point like yeah i don't I don't, really know. I don't know why but no guaranteed answers
0: it's the number four that gets me like i feel like the four plate door has more to do with those you know four the, doors um, of the
1: mind or
0: the four doors of the mind that it does to uh, being a direct door between this world and the fey realm like is this the door that jack's built or is this the you know the entrance into the house of the Fae that Jack's built? I don't know. I mean... Seems like a lot of people believe that, or maybe there is some some hint that that's what it is, but...
1: Yeah, Valeritas, I don't know. who knows, man. <laughs>
0: My first instinct when I read the book the first time was that it's related to the Four Doors of the Mind, and I haven't been able to let that go since.
1: I mean, it could be. and it, it, There's every possibility that the Four Doors of the Mind... Have to do with the creation of the Fey Realm, and and going hmm. like going in between those doors is maybe what lets Shapers do what Shapers do, and that's how they created it in the first place. But so anyway, so he he's got... but this
0: is that is a big moment for Quoth when he goes yeah. through the first time he sees these these four plate doors. He runs his hand over it. I think there's a there's like a a D and D. Not guideline, but like a hint. Like a good way to play D anD D is to describe what your character is doing instead of just saying, "I do an investigation check." And one of the the one that always comes to mind is my character uh, runs his hand along the walls, trying to find the edge of some like the, a crack to some uh, entrance that might lead somewhere, or yeah. you know, some sort of scene that leads to something. And, and that's what Quoth does in this. He Runs his hand along the entirety of the four-plate door and finds that it is completely smooth. There is no, there's no separation anywhere in this door. Do we? It's they're, and they're made out of stone, right? For sure, it's not copper.
1: Uh I don't know if they say what the door is made out of.
0: I was going off of the of the title. The title of the third book was the Estom. Uh, I thought the, that's the
1: doors. The doors of stone. It had
0: no hinges, no handles, no window or sliding panel. Its only features were four hard copper plates. Boom, copper. They were set flush with the face of the door, which was flush with the front of the frame, which was flush with the wall surrounding it. You could run your hand from one side of the door to the next and hardly feel the lines of it at all. There you go. In spite of these notable lacks, the expanse of gray stone, undoubtedly a door, in right, spite well, of these... Go. yeah. Uh, so it is, there is copper plates. So there's copper okay, plates on a
1: stone door. So
0: each copper plate had a hole in its center. And though they were not shaped in the conventional way, they were undoubtedly keyholes. The door sat still as a mountain, quiet and indifferent as the sea on a windless day. This was not a door for opening. This was a door for staying closed. In its center between the untarnished copper plates... A word was chiseled deep into the stone. Valeritas.
1: Valeritas.
0: Okay. And, wow, uh, I don't remember it being so detailed. I, I always thought I, I, I remember the copper, and I remember the part where it said it was flush. But that's that's really detailed. Each do- each plate has a keyhole. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah that's more evidence for the four doors of the mind, seemingly, or maybe, yeah. The, is the Fey Realm one place?
1: I believe so. Or
0: Okay. I don't
1: know. Because I remember in I the know. story about no Jax,
0: way. he's talking to the moon about, you know, there's... Nah, yeah, this is too far. We'll get back to it.
1: Yeah. I don't know that, it, that's, that that's the door to the Fey Realm, but...
0: Yeah. In any case, this has sparked a serious amount of intrigue and mystery and has become the puzzle for Quoth that will be recurring for him.
1: Yeah. And it's also and, to get back to like what happens to him here just real quick. He actually Oh, yes. He had another uh, quote unquote pissi- part of his pissing contest with Ambrose at the at the entrance cuz Ambrose once again was trying to not let him in. He Quoth interrupted him trying to hit on fella that same girl fella yeah and made kind of a, a made an ass of him by <laughs> calling him stupid yeah basically. ambrose
0: is literally holding fella still like he's got his hand on the back of her neck and yeah. he's i he's either quoting terrible poetry to her or has written some yeah, sort of he's terrible writing, he's poetry. writing
1: terrible poetry for her but um, he
0: is one of the most powerful or his father is one of the most powerful people in this kingdom, so she's kind of at the whim of, of, yeah, uh, of this spoiled brat. It. Yeah, everyone knows how he treats people that he doesn't get along with. So their people are acting in a way just to avoid getting on his bad side because they don't want their yeah uh, there was some family's debt to be called in and they like lose like he he is a horrible person and will ruin your life.
1: Yeah, who's the girl? What's the name of the girl that they uh, they say he like? She was like supposed said she was gonna like supposed to marry him or whatever, and she. I can't. remember Oh, and
0: her then name. She, she she just disappeared.
1: disappeared. Yeah, a lot of people think that's Ari.
0: Huh. A lot of people think that. Okay. Hmm. I guess I could see. Because she, like, I don't a lot know. of people think
1: a lot of people uh, look at her mannerisms and the way she acts very proper and and think that she is probably a princess. Royalty. Was a royalty. Yes, yeah.
0: I don't doubt that. But for some reason, I think I think highly of Ari, and I think very low of uh, Ambrose. My guess so to me. It seems like she, like Ambrose, could not have that kind of full effect on her. Although that may not be. true. She's clearly
1: cracked. Like they say it a lot. Like if she was, if if people found out that she was there, they would drag her to the rookery, right? Something happened where she's a bit off. She's off in the best way. I love her as a character, but right. she's a bit off, and they would drag her to the rookery because something happened that messed with her messed with her mental faculties a bit.
0: There's something that tells me that she's an immortal or extremely old and doesn't ha- doesn't age the same way because she she knows about uh, the Siri Day. She calls quoth her Amir and calls him a Siri Day. To me, it seems like you wouldn't have that kind of knowledge at your disposal in such a light-handed manner if it wasn't, you know, she ingrained in you beforehand. She is beforehand.
1: more than likely a shaper and can more than likely, since she has shaped inanimate objects more or less, she can, in a way, from what I understand, like, speak to them and learn from them. So in the under thing where she lives, which is basically Belen, the, the the destroyed uh, town, it she's probably, one of the six cities. Yeah, she's probably learned a lot of information from these things that she's putting into their right places. Uh, you you see sort of. A bit oh, of it in, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you you learn a bit of it in the slow regard of silent things. I
0: still haven't read that. I'll have to read that. Let me write yeah. this down.
1: Uh, continue though (laughs) even even on YouTube I'm going to recommend to you I think on YouTube you can find uh, the audiobook of it and it's only like it's only you know a couple hours because it's a short book and Patrick Rothfuss himself does the does the narration and he does a good job with it so oh cool I would uh, I would highly recommend that I mean it's probably him narrating it on like Audible or or whatever other platform as well but just a thought
0: I will do that yeah, because I thats knowledge that I don't have that would be able to inform me more. But I don't know. I, it's that's also a mentality that I have as a person. Like if uh, if I don't get along with someone, it's important for me to uh, act as if I don't know them and have never known them, or they have zero effect on me whatsoever. Kind of the same way Quoth does with the with him. Yeah. Like if if I were going to get lashed, that's exactly how I would want to do it too.
1: So you're saying. That that's why you act like I don't exist half the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Do I act that
1: way? No, no. I'm,
0: I do. I'm I know joking. that I am hard to. I can be hard to reach.
1: <laughs> I am joking, one hundred percent. That was all for the, that was all for the banter. So both and, and Ambrose are having this this standoff more or less. It has the benefit of it does uh, sort of free fella from Ambrose's attention. And she,
0: Quoth, quote unquote, wins this argument. Yes, he, but he loses hardcore yeah. right after, because
1: Ambrose becomes seemingly genial, and uh, he says, "Oh, yeah, you can go in." I'm not. The effects
0: of the root are kicking in real yeah. hard right now. So
1: Quoth isn't thinking straight. And he's clouded. So you're not. Fire is not allowed in the in the archives in any way, shape, or form, uh, at least for students, and Quoth. I think knows this. I think he was told by someone, but it uh, escapes his mind and cuz he's being told oh the sympathy lamp to go into the the, the stacks which are kept dark is uh, is so much to rent, but Quoth doesn't have that cuz Ambrose knows that he's, you know, not well off, blah blah blah. So Ambrose sells him candles which Quoth lights him and goes into the st- stacks and ambrose doesn't put him on the ledger as if as if he let him in basically,
0: here i'll do you a favor
1: yeah he basically sets him up to steals a
0: talent from him too you yeah. need to pay your stack fee
1: yeah stack fee steals money hits from him
0: with him. the uh, the pizza store's clam eyes hey go get me the clam eyes out of the back uh, yeah. give me a dough patch kit <laughs>
1: at uh at uh holiday hill it was like a day camp they they had ones like, uh, oh, I need a bucket of elbow grease. Go get me. Go get me a bucket of yeah. elbow grease. Go, or a bucket of steam.
0: I think uh, <laughs> really common steam, ones are like... Crazy. <laughs> um, headlight fluid. Like a <laughs> parent will send their child into the auto shop to buy headlight fluid.
1: Wait a second. That's another
0: good one. There's Whoa. a restaurant one. I'm learning where, all uh, these
1: things I have to do to my kid, apparently. <laughs> headlight fluid There's
0: one together. where you... You know what a hot well is on a, like a, in, like, a restaurant?
1: Nope.
0: So it's just, like, a small faucet that will put out a small amount of hot water. Okay. And uh, you tell somebody to drain it, and then you come back in, like, 15 minutes, and they're still standing there, like, draining hot water. <laughs> <laughs> what are you <laughs> doing? Or you, you just doing? see how long it takes them to realize that it, would, it will yeah. not run out. <laughs> I, I, wonder,
1: I don't think I've uh, ever gotten... If we ever do... I honestly have never gotten, like asked to do any of those like hazing type things like i when i was at Holiday hill other people like people that were perceived as stupid were told to do to go get you know the bucket of elbow grease or, or the bucket of steam or whatever but that never happened to me
0: i think uh i never they might have quote-unquote gotten me but instead of coming back with clam eyes i just came back with clams like we had clams like I don't know why you called them clam eyes, but here are the clams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> here you go. You can uh, you can pull the eyes off of that.
0: I do like the idea of those though. I want I want people to write in
1: <laughs>
0: any or all of those. Yeah. If they know any. Yes. Because I- I'm sure there are some really good ones for you know places that aren't restaurants.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's great ones for uh, all over the place.
0: Yeah, hazing. Yep, little funny hazing rituals yeah <laughs> classic humor
1: yeah definitely not bad stuff that gets uh people killed
0: yeah no gross ones either i don't want to hear about those
1: yeah just 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 ones to that anyone with common sense will not uh not fall for
0: yeah just know the ones that i'm asking for and give me those
1: uh, uh, basically yeah i mean that's i think that's <laughs> we can all agree that that's what you want <laughs>
0: So okay, so yeah, this is actually a good moment too. So he goes in with the candle. He quote unquote wins, but then loses hard, loses a talent, and uh, yes, the beginning of the pissing contest with Ambrose. So he's in there, and then Scrivs find him. Yeah, and uh, uh, Master Lorne arrives, and there is a line that happens right there that I love. I can't remember all of it. Oh, do you remember what it was? The
1: what wise men fear.
0: The anger, um, yes. That,
1: yeah. So a wise man fears three things, a sea and storm, a night with no moon, and the anger of a gentle man, which Lauren yes, is a very is. gentle man, and he was fuming. And so that, apparently that's like, you never see emotion from this guy. And this is like the one, this is his one thing. This is the thing that sets him off. And Ambrose has tricked both into, uh, into committing that, that sin, as it were. So there's a an inquiry and it, what it ends up in is both gets banned from the stacks
0: for good. Yeah. Indefinitely from, from the library. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, banned from the archives indefinitely. The thing he was looking forward to most at the university has now been uh, He taking, gave it away. He gave it away by with the, the null route that that earned him his first nickname and was a source of power for him.
0: Yeah, and I I I'm, I've, Bit him in the I'm sure that people have called both uh, like a Mary Sue, like a a character that is too strong knows everything, has no weaknesses. Oh no, I can't imagine. Completely,
1: I can't you, imagine you that someone just would think he's a i Wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah, because he frequently, throughout the books, and because you know where he sort of ends up, he frequently makes incredibly poor decisions. So yeah, if I, was, I guess someone might call him that, and they'd be wrong. I think that's and what they were would getting, be and, yeah,
0: that's yeah. what I'm saying. They would be very wrong, and this is a great example of that. In dealing with the lashes, he has decided to uh, take a drug that would, you know, make that moment more advantageous for him, and then completely ignores the side effect about it. Yeah. Just kind of can, makes it a classic teenager, I'm invincible sort of. Actions and goes to the library even though it's he should not be doing that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's probably nothing wrong with going to the library, but once he saw Ambrose was there, it, oh know, yeah, you know, there was plenty of times when he could have, when when common sense could have kicked in, but uh, yeah, they did not. They did not. He to his detriment.
0: Pride is definitely a sin that that Quoth yes, is guilty of. He
1: uh, pride comes. Before many of Quoth falls, and yeah, yeah so he gets himself banned from the archives on Master Loren's bad side. So we were sort of talking about uh, we talked about Hem, and we've talked about Loren There's really not much to say about Brandor aside from the fact that he's Hem's crony, and what, whatever way Hem leans, Brandor will lean. So Quoth at this point has made enemies of, well, quote unquote enemies of three of the of the masters, but it's not all bad because he oh
0: yeah he gets on um what was the artificer's name
1: well he's he's sort of on our Ar- you know at least neutral if not leaning towards good side because he
0: he's on his good side before
1: from the lashes uh, thing
0: before the lashes yeah so it was after the trial and when he gets promoted that's when he was on his good side like he i don't know if that master and Hem didn't get along, and he liked it. Just be, I, I have to go oh, back. you know
1: there. that. I think that is the case. He uh, Arwell and Hem didn't get along, so anyone that was bringing Hem down a peg was good in his book.
0: Yeah, he always liked. He always liked close Moxie.
1: Yeah, he liked his Moxie, <laughs> and uh, he, and especially once he, you know, learned why he took the null route and the fact that he had some knowledge of, of physicking, which is. Like basically their term for, for doctoring, he had some knowledge of medicine, as it were, and and things like that. He he invited him to come work in the medica and, and
0: yeah, but he also gets on the on the um, the artificer, not the physiker.
1: Yeah, the artificer's good side, absolutely. Uh, Kilvin and and I both. forget
0: why Kilvin kind of fell in love with him right there.
1: I think it was when he asked. It was kind of like when he asked him the the ever burning. Lamp question, and and he was like trying to figure it out, and he was like, "Oh, oh we'll, I, we'll talk I remember later. what
0: it was." So he used a double binding on him, right? So he he was impressed that Quoth did a double binding on his, you know, yeah. second day of of the Arcanum, and so he just saw the promise in Quoth. So yeah, he got offers immediately from both of them to join uh, their school and become their essentially their apprentice. Yeah. And uh, because of money, he chooses artificing because he knew that you can, when you make something, you do get some profit. Yeah. And while helping people and healing people is good, he needed to actually earn some money so he could stay in the Arcana.
1: Yeah, because he knows that they paid him to be there for the first term. That wasn't going to keep up.
0: <laughs> yeah. So He's, He wasn't going to be able to sneak into every <laughs> yeah. every test and listen to the questions that everyone was asking. He now is. that he actually knew the punishment for it, so that was most of them is that
1: all the masters uh, uh so there's nope. there's uh there's Elksadal, which now that quoth uh, has tested out of the basic sympathy class, he goes to yeah uh, advanced sympathy with Elxadal, who is described as like the the uh typical he looking is the sorcerer, sorcerer right so I always the, yeah. I always think of him as looking like Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the mustache twirling yeah, villain who yeah, has the the, beard. the scary voice, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but he's the actually of a but he's a sharp actually a goatee. good
1: guy in this case. Uh, at least that's how he's portrayed. He is. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. Yeah. He's
0: always very caring.
1: Yep. And he's
0: been looking after. He keeps. He seems pretty neutral for the most part. You would think that Quoth, who loves sympathy, would have a, a real softness for it uh, all the the master sympathist but uh yeah they stay stays pretty neutral at least until book two they get a little better or yeah they they get along he seems he seems like yeah. a nice guy
1: and quote excels in his class uh they they do like dueling uh so basically you know as opposed to attacking each other they're trying to exert their will against each other right and quote wins and wins and wins and wins and wins he's at the top of the class more or less so
0: undefeated for yeah. years right or all, yeah. for many many terms but he also Only until
1: learns through uh, an accident where where kvoth's opponent gets binders chills that Elksadal knows the name of fire'm pretty sure he calls the did fire it,
0: did to... he show it in the class I think that was just a naming thing I think the uh, I know Quoth was having a conversation with him in earnest that might have been actually the beginning of book two. When, I think it was else at all that came to Quoth and said, uh, kind of gave him some strong hints. Told him the story of the uh, the ignorant Adima Rue.
1: I think it and was, I'm pretty sure it was in book one. Because I haven't listened to book two in a while. Like, a, a, okay. a while. And I want to say it's after the Binder's Chills thing. Quoth is, it, they're like, around the fire, and like, holding their hands up to it. And Quoth sees the ring on, on his finger and asks what it oh, was. Okay. And it says, oh, I it, it's a ring that shows I know the name of... Of, of fire. I
0: see what you're saying. I d- actually don't remember that part, but I yeah, I, I do know that uh Elxadoll calls fire directly front of Cloth uh when Cloth kind of asks him about it. Yeah. When they're talking about naming. I'll yeah. have to I'll have to look up when that moment actually happened. And that th- yeah, that's also an interesting a cool
1: an interesting thing where like it's like, "Oh, what do you know the name of anything else?" and they it sort of uh broached that asking someone That's what a very names personal question. a very personal question, yeah. Yeah. Not just it's in like, the sense of uh, getting to know your enemies, quote unquote. Like if you know what names they know, you can counter them or something. But right, just yeah.
0: And that also ended up being a really cool moment for Elodin. It's like I don't know how many names he knows, but I know it's more than it's more than a few.
1: Yeah. So that's Elxadoll. There's not much said about Mandrang. He's the chemistry uh, master, and I. Which is written
0: off because Quoth isn't super interested in chemistry. Yeah,
1: and I mean, he's painted as a bit of a a stickler, I think, but for the most part, he's he's just kind of there. Then that leaves...
0: There's only so much book.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that leaves, what, Eloden, right? He's the last master we haven't talked about.
0: One of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit more was like this is a coming of age tale and one of the major hurdles that Quoth is having is making friends or oh, keeping yeah. friends yeah, yeah. or you just na- you know navigating life as a teenager especially while going through one of the most rigorous tests in this world that is the arcanum and he's doing it as a poor child already making enemies in the first day two days and he started to... He, he is immediately connected with the people that would become his closest friends. I think he meets Willem. Willem is, the, is a scrib in the library when he first arrived before he actually entered the Arcanum. And then uh, later runs into him again and is introduced to uh, Simon, one of his other best friends, who is actually royalty. He is the son of a duke in the kingdom. But that's not talked about much until later. He's just kind of like a normal smart kid. Obviously, these other guys uh, are not as bright as Quoth, but they don't have as many of the disadvantages. They don't have the money problems that he does. They're also pretty secure with who they are. Yeah. Um, so,
1: They're, this they, is the golden uh, trio, as it were.
0: Yeah, they take Quoth under their wing. Manette, Manette is also. Not the closest, but they are definitely friendly. Yeah, and Manette and, Minette Minette is, and is Willem also, and Simon are our friends as well.
1: Manette is is in the artificery, right? He's uh, he ends up yeah. being close uh, like tutor, tutor, of some kind. yeah, like both is his, sort of like his apprentice, more or less, like at, at least at first, it's sort of his his first uh, master apprentice relationship. Though Manette is not necessarily a master but he knows can you think of
0: a, a likeness to minette in any other story or any like, oh, like he seems the, very unique
1: the, the really old guy who just wants to stay at the bottom rank of the university
0: i mean it doesn't need i don't even think the description needs to include him being the bottom rank you know it's just like i don't i don't know who is his who is his closest likeness like imagine if if hagrid was a student. Like, he did all of everything that Hagrid did, but he was a student also. He wasn't actually a staff, he, but he, like, goes out of his way to help a lot of the students, and he just loves it there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, did, I, I, like, I like that character. I can't and think te- of, uh, that seems really unique. Yeah, I can't think of a parallel in, in anything, at least not off the top of my head. And
0: but yeah, so he makes friends with these people, and he goes out of his way to make sure that. He that he does not uh, risk his friendship with them, like he's having, he has money issues for a long time, but he will never ask them for money. Which I thought I thought that was great. Yeah, I don't sure. want to talk about my financial history right now, but that seems very real. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's uh, wasn't it a quote of his father's? Something about I can't remember the exact. Quote, the best
0: way to lose a friend is to borrow money from them or to lend money to
1: them yeah I, I i think it's said a little more poetically than that but that is the absolute gist of it. how
0: dare you uh
1: you know look your, that your was words, verbatim it wasn't <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> but it, that is the absolute <laughs> gist of it is if you borrow uh money or lend money to a friend the friendship is probably going to be over pretty soon
0: yeah the i think the sentiment was also Friendship lasts through a lot of crazy things, but if it's money-related, that's uh, that's a tough one.
1: Yeah. He's got his friends. He's in the university. He's had, you know, a few a few struggles.
0: Before uh, we get to Eloden, his friends, they they tell him, like, to advance to the ranks, if your goal is to advance to the ranks and get to Alpha and get your Gillers as quick as you can, you kind of want to suck up to one of the Masters because they are the ones that have to
1: sponsor you uh,
0: yep. sponsor you yeah so your best bet is to pick one of the masters and kind of suck up to them and quoteoth isn't set on who that's going to be immediately Kilvin is the um, obvious answer because he enjoys artificing and Kilvin likes him and and that's the obvious one but both loves naming like he is super curious about the name of the wind the name of the book is the name of the wind. So he is, not constantly, but whenever he gets the chance, he will try to follow Elodin and try and get some a little bit of teaching about naming, uh, which ends up being all for naught for quite a while.
1: I have a a bit of a random thought. Now, maybe someone's thought of this before. I'm sure they have. but So the name of the book is The Name of the Wind, right? And Uh at the beginning of the story, or at some point, I think it was after he sees Ben, he says, like, you know, as as Cloth talking to Chronicler, I didn't know it at but at the time to- or I didn't know it at the time, but uh, what I was looking for was the name of the wind, right? That's what he says. But chasing the name of the wind is also a turn of phrase for just you know Going on an adventure. Going on adventure or sometimes even wasting time or like going on a fool's errand.
0: So I there I think it's chasing the wind, known as chasing the wind. I think that was one of the things. Chasing the so Wind, okay. Not chasing the name of, but yes sure, chasing yes. the wind, kind of the same so thing. So
1: chasing the wind and, and I was looking for the name of the wind. So does do you think that this the whole thing is just this is it's his way of secretly saying I was on a fool's errand the whole time. What I was looking for wasn't gonna be found.
0: Mm, what do you mean? He, when he, he, he says that it.
1: in the story. No. When he says Yes, maybe he finds the name of the wind, but that's not what he was really looking for. Right? He was looking for stuff about the Chandrian. And, and that. So I'm,
0: I'm a little curious about what you, like, what moment you're talking about when you say that it was. It's,
1: a, it's a series of moments. It's, it's the way they use that phrase to mean chasing nothing, but also the way he says it to chronicler is sort of, I don't know. It gives more of this. Uh, more of a hint to the idea that this whole story is not necessarily gonna it isn't isn't actually you know
0: oh i see what you're you, saying you, you so quote unquote future, yes 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 so future quoth the one in the present time yeah before it, the one not in the story not the child is the idea of him chasing the wind in his telling of these stories yeah, he, I think he says it later in book two. I know the type of story that I'm telling, and it's not, it's not a happy one.
1: Yeah, yeah that I do see what you're saying. So, like, so yeah,
0: the the lines about him chasing the wind are, yeah, the fruitlessness. Yeah, although
1: everything, everything I like, I didn't know it, but at the at the time, but I was like, I was on a fool's errand the whole time. Like everything I would do up up until now was all just for nothing. Is, is what I'm... Right. I'm not saying that that's what he meant. I'm just questioning, sort of like, thinking about, like, oh, do you think that's what he meant? Right? Or or is it more the face value? I...
0: I my first instinct, my first instinct, and the reason that it took me so long to, to know what you were talking about, really, was that in book two, the whole idea, it, it, like, he gets... Essentially, gets told he has to leave. He can't take... He can't yeah. sign up for next term. He has to go off and "quote unquote" chase the wind, but the whole of Book Two is him succeeding right. on that he, quest. he does succeed so at it...
1: finding the name of the wind, but his overall goal, while finding one name, is you know a a, a feat and a and an achievement. His it doesn't bring him any closer, really. To like, uh,
0: I mean, it definitely does, though, because yeah. he meets the mayor who ha- actually had that same thought when he was younger and could, w- could afford to, uh, before he was actually mayor, and could afford to think about those things. And they actually came to the same conclusion. And he eventually earns a writ from the mayor to. To go into people's private libraries and search their private libraries, so that's one of that was one of the biggest rewards that Koth got in book two, which was to actually have permission to chase the Chandrian or information about the Chandrian in libraries that have not that may not have been purged. So I guess I, I would I would say that he definitely has made leaps you and bounds of progress, progress, especially in, in book something. Two.
1: But still hit a dead end and have it all have been for nothing.
0: You're absolutely right, and I don't mean to disagree with your overall comment, but I was just saying like he has so much success in book two that that's not where I, I was oh, okay. I was hung up on you. that fact. Like, what do you mean? Chasing the wind led him in oh, yeah. such a great direction in book things. two.
1: From the mare, from the ADM, from Falurian. He found lots of good info.
0: It could it could all be for naught or even to your point, be a bigger detriment. Like maybe it was bad thing. Not only did it get him nowhere, it it was you know folly. It got
1: him to nowhere and and folly. Interesting. Those are some those are some words that yeah. have meaning.
0: <laughs> you like that?
1: I did. Sorry. So now
0: we, we yeah no that was great, but now we can actually talk about in a bit. So he, I think their first interaction was the one where Elodin gave him a challenge like find me like three pine cones that look exactly like this or like have no flaws and it takes both a few minutes but he eventually does it and he has to like catch up to him again does this sound familiar but then he only gets yes, like yes he only gets like three questions to ask eloden yeah he earns think... the right to only ask three questions
1: and so then they're like walking and talking without
0: eloden's trying to trick him into asking a question
1: And he's trying to trick a load into telling him things without actually asking questions. Yeah. So they're just sort of having like a, a battle of wits, as it were.
0: And they eventually get to the rookery slash the crockery slash Does it actually have a more proper name other than those? Uh,
1: I'm sure it probably does. But I I I do love the uh the quote of Do you know why they call it the rookery?
0: Cause it's where you go if you're a raven.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyway, yeah. So they end up there. Quill sees people that are legit cracked, and they are. It's it's a bit of a a sobering thing. Very.
0: Oh, it's called Haven.
1: Haven. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's basically it's the equivalent of like in a, going to an insane asylum and seeing people who are. Very, uh, very
0: Yeah, bad The book a bad did a way. great job of showing the type of damage that getting cracked can do to a person. I think the line that got me and uh, the voice actor who did the audio book did a really good job was one of the characters who Elodin they're is very me. close with, who was one of Elodin's students. Sorry, what?
1: It's not the, the they're in me, they're in me, they're in that me. That is the line, yeah. Oh my god.
0: That one. Was wow! It was very well done, yeah. and how just scary of a thought! Like if you're if you've cracked in your mind and you feel like there's something that's you know crawling inside of you, what a scary thought that would be!
1: I can't even like think about that without like getting skeeved out. Like I'd...
0: the scary part is maybe these people aren't actually mentally broken. Maybe they're just seeing, like they can't turn off their sight. Yeah. So whatever is yeah, happening knows. to them either it is right like right but like maybe maybe it's not that there maybe there is actually something that's that's crawling inside this this person and they just can't turn off like they can't cope with the the truth of like the closeness (laughs) between the two realms and like how has legs Ooh, what is that (laughs) from
1: well that's just like a paraphrasing of the hills have eyes
0: okay Oof. The blood has legs.
1: Well, you know, if something's crawling inside them. If it, imagine, if your blood had legs and was just like walking around in your veins. Yeah, it's a scary thought. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little horrifying. Yikes! <laughs> I never uh, watched those.
0: The Hills Have Eyes. Those, seem nah, like... yeah,
1: I don't, I don't watch uh, horror movies or or things like that. Gore porn. Yeah, nope, not for me. I can yeah, hardly so... even like think about it. Like, well, I'll be at work and. The guy, other guys at work will be talking about the Saw movies for like the 15th time and like <laughs> going over the same fucking ridiculous scenarios. And I, I don't know. I can't even like hear about it because then I just start picturing myself in it and then I get super skeeved out. So the headphones go in and I don't listen.
0: The first Saw was good, but that had very minimal gore stuff.
1: Don't, don't, yeah. Yeah, we won't uh, talk about I'm good. it. Yeah. But,
0: um, yeah, so. That's when we we've already. I think we talked about it last episode, or maybe it was the the one before. But uh, he gives a good introduction of uh, Haven and the crockery and the dangers that are all around the Arcanum. Like you, yep. there's so much stuff to know here, and you don't know when it'll be too much. Is or... this
1: when does is this where he has the conversation about knowledge in the hands of or is that that's Ben and Quoth? Say it, it again. Knowledge in the hands of of careless people or thoughtless people.
0: Uh, doesn't sound familiar.
1: Is that maybe that, that might be Ben and and Quoth? It's like. Uh,
0: yeah, that could have been. Oh, yeah, you're definitely thinking of Abinthe. Yeah, when he uh, um, after he like sympath- binds his his the, lung, yeah. the,
1: the air in his lungs to the outside. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it's not. It's but it wasn't stupidity. It was. Uh, cleverness
1: Thoughtlessness. cleverness. yeah
0: yeah, you can you can really okay. get into trouble. So yeah, Quoth is thinking extremely romantically about learning and Elodin and uh, his possible future. He...
1: With a the two of them entwined in a bed romantically. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant. Anyway, Calling continue. each other's true names. Yeah, oh, ooh, baby. Now you're talking. <laughs>
0: no, but yeah, he he wants he idol- has idolized Taberlin the Great for <laughs> That's the next so chapter, much-
1: my fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep going.
0: Call me by your true name. Oh yeah, there
1: it is. because <laughs> yeah, they end up in a room. And Elodin starts doing the Tabler and the Great story more or less, but he's like Elodin the Great was was trapped in a room with no no doors or windows, and because he was he cracked or yeah, was he was there. Cracked. He he, he was, was the chancellor, which is also uh, an interesting bit of information that comes out here. He, yeah, was the he was
0: the chancellor like four years previously, and then he somehow ended up as a patient in Haven. Either he cracked or something happened. I think he also... I I don't know if he was a Namer before when he was a Chancellor. I don't know if he was a Namer. I don't know, though. But yeah, so he went through some sort of serious ordeal, got put into Haven, and there is a lot of mystery as to how he either escaped or got out. Because I imagine if you escape, they'll get you and bring you back. Or
1: If you're if you're definitely uh, still not right,
0: or at, or maybe I mean if you escape in the way that Elodin uh, might have, or if, or the way that Taberlin the Great did, maybe they know that you, they can't keep you there, so yeah, <laughs> don't bother.
1: I mean, they they changed the room. <laughs> That's true. Because he he's like demonstrating to both his power more or less by emulating that tablet in the grave story like oh he, he knew the names of all things so he said break and the stone broke but the stone doesn't because then he's like looking at it he's like huh they changed it but then he he breaks it anyway and there's the copper mesh in it but they step out onto this balcony and both thinks that he needs to jump off yeah <laughs> and, yeah so both is, save
0: <laughs> both is thinking yeah really romantically like I need to prove myself to him and when I guess I shouldn't say romantically because I mean that in a in a very specific way that oh, I know may not be mean the it. actual. And, and it's but, it's
1: a very good uh, use of the word. But
0: the right. audience might not like. So when I say romantic, I mean like the way that someone would think I, about a story, like yeah. a very storybook telling of how someone came from nothing and uh, gained. Yeah gained the, boy, the knowledge The boy of...
1: finds the old hermit in the woods, gr- begrudgingly earns his respect, and therefore gains his knowledge, right? Yes, exactly, Passes just the like test. they say in the that's story. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Yep.
0: So that's this moment. He feels like he needs to prove himself to the Master Namer of the University, because that's what he... that is the the type of magic that he really wants to know how to do. He wants to be the next Taberlin the Great. So he thinks he... he reads the moment as... Elodin wants me to jump off the roof so he does and yeah. <laughs> Elodin didn't want him to jump off the roof he wanted to test him to see if he... this is kind of like the adventi moment again like he's yeah Elodin is restraint here yeah Elodin is saying like maybe I'll teach you if you're not an idiot or you're smart enough to be safe because this stuff is so dangerous like I just introduced you to a character who was so cracked that he's, you know, living in fear, he's stuck in these rooms, he's free to go, but he doesn't want to leave.
1: That sounded like lyrics from like a pretty edgy song, like (laughs) Stuck in a room.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so he quoth just totally misreads the moment and jumps off the roof and lands and breaks ribs. I don't he doesn't break (laughs) his neck or his spine or something, but that is another moment that their stories are told about, like the
1: yeah, people tell <laughs> stories that he made.
0: Yeah, both made Elidin <laughs> so angry that he threw him off the roof.
1: Just hilarious.
0: Yeah, which he doesn't change because it's preferable to him jumping off. Like he didn't want the story yeah. of him jumping off the roof. Yeah, so that's the introduction to the masters and the schools of his though, friends.
1: Elidin standing over the like completely like broken Quoth, just being like. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Which it probably
0: would be, right?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely.
0: But also, a little bit in close defense, if you're standing next to somebody who can call the name of the wind, and then they just don't call the name of the wind to to help you... To,
1: to save you? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a... He's a master, he's supposed to teach him lessons, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's true, but I don't know if Eloden knew that he was going to live from that. Like, if you... I don't know. It's
1: kind oh. of like when people say, oh, well, if someone's going to do that, they they deserve whatever comes to them. You know, like, it, like you gotta let, in some cases, uh, survival of the fittest needs to happen because, for the for the benefit of the species that are so stupid enough to jump off a roof.
0: Yeah, uh, Elodin says, your Darwin Award is on the ground down there. You want it? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah, I do. Let me go get that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Could Aloden have saved him? Yes. I mean... But it's a brutal do we, world.
0: <laughs> do we know that Aloden knows the, the name of the wind? I... Uh, Has it, he ever... I guess, I
1: guess maybe, we don't technically know that.
0: I know that he sees... Like I think...
1: He, well, because he escaped that room and got down, I think it's presumed that he did it just like Taberlin because he was, he was paralleling the Tabler, Tabberlin I mean, story, saying it exactly the same way, so the next step in that is he yes if down you and...
0: if you make that correlation between Taberlin the Great and Elodin then that that would be a safe thing to bet but i don't know if that's actually been confirmed yet i do oh, know that course. elodin finds himself in places many times where he's looking at very great places to see the name of the wind he is he's often found it.
1: yes he he sits at the house of the wind and watches it but also when kvoth calls the name of the wind Elden calms the storm inside him.
0: Oh, boom. Yes, you're right. Perhaps yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that means he knows the name of the wind, or maybe that just was him being able to see, like, and calm both, like knowing his true name. Like, there's, there's multiple possibilities there. But yeah,
0: but just knowing that little bit, I bet, possible. I bet he does. I mean, he is the master namer, so it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. But that's a small detail that doesn't uh, doesn't mean too much right now.
1: Yeah, what do you think? Uh, is that a good a good place to? To break, and the next time it would be what, like uh, Ari and Imre?
0: Ari, yeah, Imre, yeah, those are, yeah.
1: More feuds with Ambrose and. Yeah, the classic of hijinks
0: nature. of the Arcanum. Yeah, we'll yeah. continue on in the very beginning. the stage.
1: Told a few of the early stories, right? Yeah. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Banter Book Club.
0: <laughs> next <laughs> time on the Banter Book Club.
1: What happens when quote goes across the river? <laughs> oh, and then he, he and I think that's like where he, he gets his uh the the loan from from Debbie.
0: Oh yes.
1: Stuff. So like yeah, there's a lot of good, a lot of good. Uh, he meets up with
0: uh, Denna. It's girls.
1: Sec- Girl. Next next episode's girls. Girls. Because he he rescues Fella. He sees Denna again. He beats Ari. But uh, I have to. I have to go because my dog is definitely has to go outside. So okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step away.
0: Okay, goodbye everybody.
1: Bye.